Everybody up, come on. Get up. You two at home, everybody up and say, Yes, I can. Say it again. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Yes, I Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or are best left in the past. I'm Tristan. And I'm Greg. Ooh-wee. Ooh-wee. Yeah, I'm sorry, I was just a bit excited. We are excited because we're talking about the Oscar winning <laughs> English patient. <laughs> and Natty Professor won an Oscar for makeup. Oh. Fact. True fact here with oh, Double Impact. Well, so it should because there is a lot of makeup. There is a lot of makeup. Interesting stage of his career, which we'll get into, mm. in that it wasn't as, I guess, peak Murphy as we've touched on earlier with yeah. <clears throat> when we covered Axel Foley, Aquel Foley Part 1. Mm. Was cop. Perhaps and, the signal of an end of an era, which I'm sure we'll get into a little bit more. Yeah, or a little peak. Well, I'm curious to talk yeah, about that talk as about we that. get into yeah. this episode. Uh, 96 mm. was the year. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've done much 96. I don't think we've done any 96. In fact, I know we haven't because usually I go back for my notes to look at the top 10 and we haven't done it. I think we did a practice one back in the day. Wow. Glimmer Man or something? Oh, fuck, not even 96. No. We've never touched 96, man. Wow. Yeah, 96 is a fresh fucking year for us, man. Yeah. Uh, so 96, pretty mid-90s. R.I.P. Tupac. Oh, was that 96? It was 96. I was in this 95 for some reason. Well, you're a year elf. A year elf. <laughs> uh, another movie. Jim Carrey was the first actor to make 20 mil for a movie. And the Cable Guy. That was The Cable Guy. Harshly done by... Yeah, that's a rewatch. Well, I think we should watch that. I mean, that's ultimately hard done by just because at that point we're like, yeah, Jim Carrey, I want to see some hilarious shit. Yeah. But it was like, oh, this is making me feel funny things. <laughs> yeah. If only he'd listened to Jackie Chan. Yeah. Yeah. We would have told him that you can't be a good guy and then play Don't play guys. the bad guy. Um, a little book called Game of Thrones was written. I've heard of that. I've heard of that. ER was pumping on TV, so was Seinfeld. ER was huge. Suddenly Susan. Suddenly Susan. Brooke Shields. Friends, obviously. The Naked Truth. Naked Truth was big for me. It was big for you too, wasn't it? The Single Guy we've talked about. Tony Braxton, Mariah Mariah Cara were dominating, as was uh, the Macarena. Don't let me out in the rain. She goes so deep. What's she up to? What's Tony Braxton up to? She's. Uh, I think she had a reality show, or someone in her family had a reality show. She was talented, man. I mean, she still is, I'm sure. Probably is. But she was mm, unbreak my heart and whatnot. Um, bringing it back to movie land, there was a little film called uh, The Nutty Professor. The Nutty Professor it was made for a budget of fifty four million dollars, and it returned a whopping, whopping. $274 million. Now, this is big, guys. This is big. Wow. Yeah, this is big. Interestingly, a really odd one for us here at Double Impact. Critic score on Rotten Tomatoes is 64%. Audience score is 44%. It's an Eddie Murphy movie. It's an Eddie Murphy movie. 44? 44. Lower than critic score. So critics 
are walking out of cinemas going, this is better than what the fans think this is. No, the fans are walking out going, of cinemas is- going, critics thought this was average, this is worse. That doesn't make sense to me. Not, no, it didn't when I watched it. And Fuck no, it didn't. Fuck no. Uh, yeah, we'll get into well, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we talked a lot about the, the movies on the periphery this year, the movies outside of the top ten, but I'll quickly just crack through the top ten. A very dense year, a very potent year, lots of movies for yeah. us to, to eventually cover in 96. Yeah. Number one, Independence Day. Number two, Twister. Number three, Mission Impossible, the first one. Number four, The Rock. The Hunchback of Notre Dame on Notre Dame. Oh, I got confirmation on that. One of friends, one of our friends of the show wrote to us, and I'm pretty sure what he was saying was, we say Notre Dame. You mean Americans? Americans, yeah, because you know how last week we were talking Notre about Dame. Notre Dame yeah. versus Notre Dame. So they, Dame. Call, they call Notre Dame Notre Dame. They call University of Notre Dame and then the Church of Notre Dame. Yeah. I guess. Thank you, friends of the show. For- so like the Monaco Bar and Monaco, the... Country, city, whatever it is. Is it a city or a country? Monte Carlo. No. One of them's a city, one of them's a country. Ah, we're so worldly, knowing of potential cities and countries and dance. Well, we are drinking Chardonnay right now. We are. Mostly because it was in the fridge. Mm, It's crispy and cold. It's good, isn't it? And it paired well with our fried chicken. Crispy and buttery Mm. from the good people at Printhy Vineyard Mm. of the Central West Tablelands of New South Wales. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. I'm going to round out this top ten. 101 Dalmatians, the, the re-release. Number seven, Ransom. Number nine, ah. Jerry Maguire. Number 10, Eraser. I skipped one. That was number eight. What did movie you, was did that? Did you erase it? I erased it. What was number eight? Nutty Professor. Was this film a big deal for you, Greg, in your youth? Oh, I'm falling short on memories of these films. Um, if you're in a row, I can't remember specifically where I saw it. I do remember I was excited to see it because yeah. it, there was a gap for Murphy. Yeah. And I was a huge Eddie Murphy guy, as we've talked about. Grew up on him and he'd been pretty quiet. So I remember this was a big deal. And likely at a point... May I may I suggest we may be in the same boat? Likely at a point where we've probably been catching up on the Eddie Murphy pictures. At the age we would have been at at this point, for me being 12, for you being, been, I guess, 14. Yeah, we've been through the back catalogue now. We're, we're catching up. We're up to date. It's like you just binge-watched the last four seasons of Game of Thrones and season five is about to start. You're yeah, you've watched shit. Delirious 17 times. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, I was frothing for this shit. Yeah. This was, was a big deal. I also remember I didn't know what spandex was. Where's the spandex? That was, yeah, <laughs> that was a big, yeah. That oh, was. spandex. <laughs> like, what's spandex? Yeah, that, I, uh, yep, 100%. First time I heard the word spandex. First time I- and I think I started using it in sentences <laughs> more than I should have after yeah. that. Like, you know when you learn Where's a new word and you might think it's a cool word for some reason because Eddie Murphy said it, so I'm like, yeah, spandex. Pretty much. Spandex. Uh, it was a big deal, yeah, man. I just think, watching this again, we did um, Beverly Hills Cop before um, in one of our quite early episodes. But, hey, we should do a podcast about whether our early episodes hold up or are they best left in the past. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, I think I think Beverly Hills Cop holds up. And 
watching that brought brought me so much joy. Watching this brought me so much joy. And I know this is not the best Eddie Murphy movie ever, but it really just made me think, fuck. What a genius. What a genius. I've accidentally slipped into the rewatch, but fucking love Eddie Murphy. Like, he is just one of the best entertainers. The best. Ever. 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 In the history of humans. I just feel like he's so... His fans are his fans, but I think in pop culture he's underrated Man, savagely. He is a fucking, he's savagely. generally one of the best entertainers of all time. Genuinely. He can do it all. Effort and effortlessly. Effortlessly. And I was this is another one I was saving for the fucking end. But man, I would rather any day of the week, I'd rather watch it the worst Eddie Murphy movie than a mediocre Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> Straight up. He's yeah. so talented. You could give him the worst script and at least you I will giggle. I will giggle out loud. Somehow, somewhere. We're going to go into this more. I just want more Murphy. We, did we man, talk about this last time? More Murphy. Just Give us some Murphy, dramatic Murphy. Anything, Give us- Fuck, well, he's about to do the Dolomite movie. Did you see that? No. It's coming to Netflix. So it's it's the story of the Commonwealth Bank of Australia. <laughs> Do- Dolomites. I never thought of that. <laughs> no? Oh. So Dolomite, I don't know if it's a character. I think it's the character's name. Black exploitation movies back in the 70s or whatever. Um, he's making a movie about that guy. Good. It's your time, y'all. You love him and I love him. Put your hands together. Dolomite is my name. Hey, you know, Auntie, I was thinking about putting out a comedy record. Comedy? You've been a singer, a shake dancer? It's real hard to break in. I do whatever it takes to get in. I come up with a new character. Dolomite is my name and fucking up motherfuckers is my game. That's pretty exciting, right? Yes. I probably tainted it slightly by saying Oscar Buzz just because it's not what you expect when you say Oscar Buzz. But it is, it's based on a real guy that brought in a lot of like those black exploitation movies that were a big fucking deal at the time. It's obviously quite comedic. But man, Wesley Snipes too, it looks pretty damn good. This could be everything we're talking about. And even back in the Beverly Hills Cop episode, we talked about it like he just needs that role that checks all the boxes of like yeah. August talents. And he nearly had it with Dreamgirls. He was Oscar nominated with Dreamgirls, but he fucked it up with Norbert, I think. It was one of those ones where <laughs> for him it was like, you can't give the Norbert guy an Oscar yeah. in the same year. Ah, oh, man, I hope that's good. It's coming to Netflix, so we'll find out soon. Yeah, that's the beauty of the, the Netflix is they just, yeah. they, just, they just appear. Yeah, they just appear by surprise. Stop suggesting me Sandler. <laughs> yeah, right? Like Sandler's fine, but I would definitely watch Eddie Murphy over him. I'd rather watch an Eddie Murphy movie with Adam Sandler. That would be quite good. No, on my couch. Like, oh, with Adam Sandler. Like, have some beers with Adam Sandler and watch an Eddie Murphy movie. What? This part's pretty good. Would you like a beer? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. Big friend of the show. Top shelf. Top shelf, man. And. Since doing this podcast, we rewatch movies every fucking week. I think we're getting a more of a, a fine-tuned palette now. For what makes a star? Yeah, because I it, can spot a star. I would say in the from first, the eighties. I'd say in the first ten episodes, maybe in the first twenty episodes, a lot of it is still the novelty, the nostalgia, and I think that's starting to wear thin at this point. Mm. And now we're those goggles are off, and we're seeing talent, baby. Yeah, and Eddie Murphy, shit. Ah, so good. Shines bright like a diamond. Shines bright. And we'll get in. There's some, there are some problems with this movie that we'll get into, but he ultimately shines through. He brings it. He makes what could be just not a, just a shit movie into a fucking great 
love and, in, uh, and with heart and in, like, yeah yeah, uh, yeah it delivers and it was this, it was actually layers. the same it was the same with Beverly Hills Cop we said the same thing I think right yeah he's got there is some gravitas yeah like he's not and that's what Adam Sandler kind of does have that too actually but he's got soul yeah, he's really Jimmy got soul that's the song from Dreamgirls Jimmy got soul Jimmy got soul Jimmy got Jimmy got Jimmy got soul where are we at what do you mean <laughs> where, where, where are we at with this? Uh, with okay, my only other thing was uh, personal context. This, I think, this was my intro to Jada Pinkett, and I was like, yeah. "Hello, Jada Pinkett. Yeah, welcome to my life." <laughs> <laughs> she did wear a short skirt, mm. arguably shorter than it needed to be. Mm-hmm. Handsome woman. Um, should we get into the origin story? Yes. Origin story. Okay, so this one, a bit like our previous episode, it's hard to get the details on this one. I did what I could. I, I, I looked under every rock. I searched all the nooks and the crannies and I found what I could Google find. Things. I Googled things. And uh, look, to be honest with you, there's some juicy background here, Greg. Did I psych you out or what? There's some juicy background. But just in terms of where this movie came from, there's layers. There is layers to this Layers. Film. There's all layers. Layers. So, I mean, so it's <laughs> I'm going to keep movie. talking in this accent. It's a movie. But, you know, this is obviously based on an old movie. Another movie. Another movie from 1963 called The Nutty Professor, starring one Jerry Lewis. Uh, but before that, that movie was a parody of The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, or Jekyll and Hyde as it's more popularly known, which was originally written back in the 1800s, 1886, by Scottish author Robert Louis Stevenson. Now, I don't think a lot of people are making that connection of where The Nutty Professor is based on literature from 1886 by Scottish author Robert Louis Stevenson. That's right. Right? It's a classic tale. I mean, Eddie's a deep man. He, he digs deep for rich, rich sources. Now, we'll probably get more into this as we get into our reading of the film, but it is important to know where it came from. Um, I mean, in the Jerry Lewis version, he's, he's more of a dweeb. That's right. Of a, oh, That's right. This is medical aid, and he's got that thing going on. And, um, but he, and then he turns into sort of a, a rat. A Rat Pack type, like because it was that era, it was sixties. It was like a like a Frank Sinatra type, you know. Hey, hon, I'm going to take you for a spin and slam you, and send you <laughs> on your home, and smack you in yeah, the ass, smoking cigarettes in a cool way. And if you're lucky, you can cook me dinner. <laughs> See? Yeah, the man, the man could smoke a cigarette. Um, I mean, I'm always a bit funny about that guy because he sounds like, you know, how he said women aren't funny. He's one Ooh. of those guys. Who said that? Jerry Lewis said women aren't funny. Yeah, funny how? <laughs> like a comedian. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So give you a bit of a flavour for what that original version was like. Why don't we play a little trailer for the 1963 version of The Nutty Professor? Well, we're just about ready, Jennifer. You might be ready, Julius. But if I were you, I'd think about it. don't care if you blab about the beginning of this picture, nor do we care if you give away the ending. 
But we do care if you reveal the middle. In fact, Jerry Lewis urges you to see this picture from the beginning on penalty of losing your popcorn privileges. One thing we will tell you is that Jerry plays the part of an eccentric chemistry professor who invents the greatest new drink since Dracula discovered the Bloody Mary. One sip and he turns into... Ah, that would be telling. What you can't see in that is there's constant supers coming on screen saying, don't reveal the middle of the movie. So I guess they were, they were treating this as a huge plot twist. But friends of the show at this point, I think you know what the plot twist was. He became a cool guy. Cool guy. A real Frank Sinatra type. They actually made an animated sequel to that very picture in 2008 called The Nutty Professor Part 2. Not a sequel to this feature, a sequel to the Jerry Lewis movie with Jerry Lewis's voice in there before he passed Oi. away. Hey, Mrs. Medical Day, Um Fast forward to 1994. A young movie director makes his feature debut. Ace Ventura. Oh, strong it's debut. Tom Shadyak. So he's, he's a bit of a Jim, Jim Carrey guy. He made the first Ace Flubber. Ventura Pet Detective. Oh, he, Pat Adams. Pat Adams, yeah. Bruce Almighty, liar, liar. So this was his big, I mean, Ace Ventura was his big break. Then he made this and that opened up those other ones. So, I mean, those are not huge. I mean, they were big commercial success. I enjoy watching them. I actually never saw Pat Adams, but... But, yeah, I mean, so those are the key ingredients in the origin story of this picture. They put it in a bottle, they shook it all up, and then we got the movie. The um, movie. The movie. Should we watch the trailer? Can Listen to wa- the trailer. Can we watch the trailer? For Professor Sherman Klump, Morning. being the big man on campus was no laughing matter. You got to work out. You got to put a swim. Here we go. One, two. His body was disproportionate. Anything I can get for you? Juice, coffee, rack of lamb. His family <laughs> was dysfunctional. I don't know why everybody trying to lose weight in the first place. You're talking about that's healthy. I know what healthy is. And his love life. I'm a big fan. Thank you very much. I'm fatter. Flattered. Was disastrous. <laughs> but now. Thanks to the miracle of science, he's about to make a change for the thinner. Ah! I'm thin! I'm thin! Looking for any kind of clothes in particular? Spandex! All spandex! Somebody better call an exorcist! Your lip. What? Your lip is swollen. Ah! Based on a true story. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that trailer really amped up the tension, up the excitement, but it didn't really reveal a lot about what the movie was about. What, what would you say the movie was about, Greg? Uh, I'd say it's a tale of self-discovery. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's about overcoming personal demons. Uh-huh. It's a timely reminder that within each of us lives 
a Jekyll and a Hyde. Mm. An Arnie and a Danny DeVito. Mm. A cousin Balky and a Larry Appleton. A, a f- Tristan and a Greg. <laughs> Tristan and a Greg? <laughs> I don't know, we're pretty similar. <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> a fat science teacher and a charismatic, sexy science teacher. Yeah. But above all this, though, it's a love story. But above all this. A tale of two humans with a mutual love for molecular chemistry and not much else. Mm. True. Good reading of the film, Greg. Thanks. <laughs> that's uh, that's what I that's what I saw this movie as. Yeah, I think that's on point. How, yeah, how did you find the rewatch, Tristan? I loved it. I mean, it's got flaws. I'll get into the flaws, but I think kind of what based on what we're saying before. Hit the <laughs> oh, good song. Trying to kill. Too hard in here. Where were we? <laughs> I want to listen to that song. We're talking now. about the floor. Yeah, like I say, this movie's got some problems, but man, he makes it good. I mean, my only other key point in initial thoughts is what a great <laughs> bar. You can go see Montel Jordan oh, and Dave Chappelle just on a Tuesday. At the screen? <laughs> yeah. That How was outrageous. That? Like, what a great bar. But oh, man. It was a bit of a weird setup, though. Like, do you, are there places, you've lived in America, are there places yeah. where you go and sit down and listen to some sweet R&B and then watch a comedian? In looking at some of the clips from the older version of um, Nutty Professor, he's in like a real like Sinatra-style loungy place where I guess they did do comedy and music. You know how there's always like the guy yeah. who's like, like in Goodfellas. You know, yeah. like there's like. I'm there's, I'm a, there's a comedian and then there's the singer, like. So maybe that was more of a direct translation of that. I don't know if that's a real kind of joint. I mean, obviously not literally real, but I like to think that exists. And if it does, sign me up. I'm in. Oh, yeah, obviously. Obvi- I just thought it was hard to go once Montel starts. Yeah, actually, comedy should open for Montel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about you, Greg? What were your initial thoughts? Yeah, better than I was expecting. I think it took me a while to convince Carol to watch this. I knew we were going to do it, but she... I think she must have watched The Clumps. Right. The Clumps, I think, was a bit more vulgar because she was worried about this. So this was... And it became a bit of a cliche. We'll we'll get into that more, but yeah. Yeah, but this wasn't that over the top. I didn't Yeah. It was the right amount of over the top for me. Like, that stuff wasn't a problem for me. The only real problem for me with this movie was just the fat jokes were a bit... Well, the... Like the uh, the Dave Chappelle ones and stuff, or no? Because I think that's okay because that you're meant to hate that guy. But then even the movies sort of making fun of Sherman at certain points. Whereas, like, yeah, but I think it's done in the whole context that he's this amazing genius. Yeah, but there, to, there's certain jokes yeah, I've found not. where it's just like cheap shot. Yeah, like when uh, and I get they are in there. You're right. I say it in two minds because. Some of them are dream sequences where obviously he's being, you know, in a negative space. So I can see how that happens. But the whole fat suit thing, this was like the, the era of the fat suit. And like even on Friends, there's flashbacks with Monica when she was fat and the jokes were, were like always, oh, Monica's hungry. Like they're just nah, fat jo- like lame fat jokes. I actually thought he didn't look that fat in this movie. Interesting. It was yeah. kind of more of a Neil deGrasse Tyson 
Yeah, I just thought if they were doing this movie now, which they wouldn't. Fuck, yeah, interesting. He would be, he would be bigger. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, yes, and I thought it was quite a sweet story. Agree. It had heart. It I had a lot like more heart, heart than I remembered. Well, because I, well, I, not that I didn't remember, just I took that out of it more this time. Yeah, I thought, I thought. Probably I, lo- yeah, we laughed at the fat my, jokes. My little there. gripe with the fat jokes there, I thought that was going to be a bigger issue. But I felt like, well, that is an issue, and we're going to remove that. I feel like the heart outweighed that. It 100% did. And it's his performance that does that. Yeah. He's got this thing, And man. Jada, I think Jada was a yeah. a lovely compliment to yeah. his. She was very sweet and soft. Yeah. And, yeah, I thought she was great. Yeah. He, he brought that heart and soul, soul to it, man. Yeah, shit. This is one of those movies where I think it's good to just kind of look back at some of the, some of the big scenes. Like a big one for me, speaking of the soul, speaking of the heart in this movie. And I think it's it's not subtle. Like this movie ain't subtle. But I couldn't deny the feels I was feeling when I was watching these scenes. The whole stand-up comedy bits, man. When Reggie's – so firstly when Reggie's taking Sherman down and the way he plays it again, like it's not subtle. It's not subtle. But first he's laughing along and then he realised, fuck, my number's coming up. He's coming to me. And you feel it. I like. Yeah, you totally feel it. Oh, man. And then he gets sad. And then when he gets him, it's like, fuck. And it, you know what it really reminded me of was that scene in Dragon and Bruce Lee's story when they're watching Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh, yeah. And um, the Mickey Rooney bit comes up and everyone's laughing and they're like, we can leave. Like it was kind of a similar dynamic. It's just it gets you right in the feels, man. And I get it. This is not like technically not great comedy, but it got me right in the feels. And I think that's just down to Murphy, man. But then the flip side of that, when he gets his revenge, like I was, I wanted to cheer. Like I was just like, fuck yeah. 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 Oh, man. I was, ah, oh, oh. It's time for Reggie to take it to your mama. And how he, how he delivered that too, because it went from like just it escalated and escalated. I feel like that would be so hard to do as an actor. Like, how did that's a fucking amazing performance, I reckon. Reggie, it's hot tonight. Uh oh. Uh oh, look at him. Look at him, Mr. Ray. Look at him. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. You almost killed me, man. I had to give myself a Hamlet. Uh, you mind waiting for the punchline first, brother? I'm sorry, man. It's just that you're so funny. You're so funny the way you take a person's personal defect and flip it around. That's like you pick somebody in the room and say, hey, look at your foot. And everybody look at it and start laughing. That's some funny shit, man. You on your way. You going to the top. You the next Lenny Bruce, man. It's crazy. Well, man, thank you. that's Thanks genius. Very much. I'm glad you appreciate Reggie's show. That didn't even work with me doing it to you, Reggie. Yes, it would if I was saying, look at Reggie's gums and teeth. Look like his mother had an affair with Mr. Ed. <laughs> Everybody's laughing. You snapping on me. Oh, oh, you snapping on Reggie. It's your teeth, Reggie. I don't know whether to smile at you or kick a field goal, man. <laughs> hey, Reggie, it's good. It's all good. Like that's, yeah, man. Another one where I think like comedy can be so underrated as, as an actor. Like that's fucking amazing. Yeah, he's... He's good. That was good. Real good. So good. <laughs> and oh, man. I th- yeah, and as I say, I think Jada was like a perfect 
little uh, compliment to that character because yeah. she like, I don't know, she she nurtured that sadness out of the Clumpman. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure that makes sense. I was sense. a little worried her, her character would be too one-dimensional. I think maybe these days they'd make her a bit more well-rounded, but I think she was still good. Like she had like... She wasn't just a total sucker for buddy love and all that. You know, she... Ah, she was this sweet, nice girl. Yeah, but she was called enough for being an asshole. And yeah, and then obviously buddy love. Like, of course a girl's going to go for buddy. I go for buddy love. And buddy love was the name in the original one too. Yeah, that's yeah, interesting. that's cool. Yeah. Because it's the right name. It's a great yeah. name. <laughs> but yeah, it reminded me too because like, cause we used to go to a comedy club a lot in New York. Because we go to the comedy cell. You came to the comedy cell, right? Small yeah, venue. Yeah, the comedy cell. And, man, some of those guys would really, like, do what he's doing. Not so maliciously, but just pick on the crowd. They'll find – they had got all these jokes preloaded yeah. and they're ready to fire them off. And so I was like – I remember I had to pee and I was terrified to pee, so I just never got up to pee the whole show. <laughs> <laughs> and I was picking on that. people. Other times we went – like I'd seen the same comedian make the same Asian joke to someone else and he made it to R one night. And oh, really? Like, yeah. Not, not like bad, but more, oh, it was bad. But like what? in the spirit of comedy, uh, I can't remember what it was, something about a smart joke or like getting the jokes too fast or something. I can't remember what it was. Something about being smart, basically. Anyway, point is, man, I felt German. It's scary. <laughs> yeah. It's scary as fuck. But I did think it's sort of ironic given Dave Chappelle's most recent comedy special. I feel like a lot of uh, a lot of vocal critics, well, not even actual critics, I feel like it's given too much credit, but a lot of voices out there. Trolls. Trolls perhaps are seeing Dave Chappelle as this caricature of himself as Reggie these days, like just being a big bully, which yeah. is, which is. I mean, I don't want to get too into that. I feel like it. You know, what's, kind of missing the point. I feel like you're kind of missing the point, right? It's bigger than that. You're taking jokes out of context and that kind of thing. But anyway, that's a whole other rant. But he's pretty much on par with like a Bill Burr at this point. Yeah, like sorry, yeah. they're different, but yeah, I feel like they come at issues at, at a similar trajectory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it is interesting. Like that, this guy is basically a villain, and he's just a bully. And it's yeah, if you ask some people, this is what they would say Dave Chappelle exactly is now. <laughs> It's kind of weird. But it's also crazy how much Dave Chappelle's changed just even physically. He's a tank now. Yeah, he's been doing the weights. Like his, uh, his whole demeanor's kind of changed. I mean, it's still, there's still obviously commonality to it all. But Yeah, but interesting. Yeah, he's grown up a lot. That was t- 25 years ago. I worked out with him once. He can do pull-ups, that's for sure. When I say I worked out with him, I worked out at the same gym as him one day. He's got a build for pull-ups. Yeah. Pull-ups. He's got no ass. He's got... Good shoulders. It's got a real Tristan build. Yeah, you it's guys got a real can chin up all day. you got no booty to carry up there. Yeah, exactly. It's all uh, the only muscles I have are the ones that engage to do pull-ups. Get <laughs> <laughs> an olive on a toothpick. <laughs> Did I told you about the story though, right? I was walking to the gym back when I was in New York. Yeah. And there was this guy outside the gym smoking, smoking, a, smoking a cigarette in gym gear. And I was like, fuck, post-workout scene. Yeah, yeah. That's an aggressive move. And then I got closer. I was like, that's Dave Chappelle. All right. Then I went upstairs to the gym. Five minutes later, Dave Chappelle walks in and I'm like, man, pre-gym pre cigarette. Now that's pre-gym. aggressive. Excuse me, I'm coughing. That's aggressive. <coughs> Excuse me. This was My shardy went down the wrong hole. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Unfortunately or fortunately, this was after my negative run-in with Jonah Hill, so I decided not to say anything to Dave Chappelle. Um, but I wish maybe I just said hello, big fan kind of thing. Or Shook his hand. put your hand on his as he picked up or a weight. Or do a, a pull-up. as Well, we almost did that. We went for the same weight and I just pulled it. I took it. Should we, should we talk a little about how we touched on it, we touched on it already? It's become a bit of a cliche. They're playing multiple roles, the fat suit. But yeah. at this time, this was a big deal. And like you were saying, like watching this now in isolation of everything else, it's over the top, obviously, it's, but it's yeah. not it's not clumps too. And it's not uh Big Mama's house. Like it's there's over, it's all over the top. I'm not saying it's not over the top, it's, but there's it's meant to be over the but there's top. There's also subtleties that are beautiful yeah. at the dinner table. Oh man! Like, so the, the grandma is apparently modelled on a an old famous comedian. Ah, I can't remember her name. Uh, and it's just it's great because it it it's over the top, but it still dials up all those classic family traits of bringing the girl home and your parent, your family's embarrassing the shit out of you. It's no different. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's kind of universal whether or not like cutting into. Talking about the marriage, you can you wear white to the wedding. <laughs> 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 You're like Sherman's never had had relations. I, yeah. When I was young, I had relations with many many gentlemen. They would come over, take me out for dinner, and I would take him home, give him high relations. <laughs> so that's the thing. <laughs> you did that so well. That's the thing. I thought it was Michael Douglas. It's Mike Douglas, who apparently was like a big band singer back in the day. Still a white What? Boy. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Because I was like, wait, say Mike Douglas? And I looked it up. And I he's, thought you were saying Michael. The same. So he's um, an American big band, no. singer, entertainer, television show. I think it was like one of those variety show guys. You are blowing my mind around yeah. now. I thought you liked Michael Douglas. I Me thought you too. watched. What's wrong with Michael Douglas? Right? I thought you were talking about. Me too. I thought she'd been watching Basic Instinct. Me too. Or Wall Street. So it must have been a show more of her era. That has blown my yeah. mind. Yeah, I thought that would be a good one for you. I wasn't sure if I was mishearing you or if you thought that too. But yeah, no, I always just too. thought it was Michael Douglas. Oh, oh man. Michael. Sex Tuplets. Yeah. I put that on as a hangover Sunday the other day as part of this movie. I'm like, oh, I should put it on because maybe it's hilarious. And I got about five minutes in and they didn't even get to the, <laughs> the multiple characters part. <laughs> I was just like, nah, I'm out. <laughs> no. Nah, I'm, it's not happening. I can't tell, like. I can't give you the time. I can't give you the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Time is precious, man. An hour and a half or an hour well, and 40 maybe it's minutes. Even, who the fuck knows? Is, but how are they knowingly make? how is he knowing? Is it like an Adam Sandler thing? Is there enough people watching these? I guess. I don't get it. America's a big country. Man. With many people to watch these things. But you know what was, uh, you know what captured the, uh, the excess of this trope back in the day was uh, the old Tropic Thunder, mm. uh, Jack Black and the Fatties. Mm. So I'll, I'll play the fictional trailer for the Fatties. Yeah. It, it fucking nails it. It's great. That's good. Good call. Will there be you anything else? Oh, yes, my dear man. More pain, more pain, more pain, more pain. Uh, Who's <laughs> 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 
This summer, America's favorite obese family is back. Ew, gross! You're just mad because I'm skinny. I'm not. Jeff Portnoy. Jeff Portnoy. Jeff Portnoy. And Jeff Portnoy. And Jeff Portnoy. The Fatty Part 2. In some countries, it's considered a compliment. Letting loose this summer. That's kind of what we got to with this trope eventually. Jeff Portnoy. <laughs> and Jeff Portnoy. The fatties. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is where Fight we got two. to. Yeah. Good recall, Tristan. But it, but it kind of taints uh, the original. The clumps tainted the, the original. What's the clumps. That? Oh, the clumps, yeah, yeah. Warranted these, you know. Yeah, fatties. yeah, yeah. I mean, it was always over the top again, but. Oh, nah, but it was contained. Yeah. It was, and it was fresh, and it was well delivered. The fart jokes, well, I found them funny. And like Big Mama's house, nah. I laughed at the fart jokes. Yeah, yeah, the fart jokes were good. I love the older brother who's like pretending he's just like a bodybuilder. Yeah, 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 yeah. Saying yeah, heaps yeah, creepy yeah. shit, talking about childbearing hips. Yeah. The mum just loving her kids and just being lovely. The, oh man, it's it's a perfect family. Oh, it's perfect, and he. Fuck, it was 72 days of shooting, 72 yeah, days of three hours of makeup. Yeah, apparently he had recordings oh, so fuck. he could, you know, like time it. And oh, that's crazy. off the other comments. So they had all this makeup and I don't know if this is the first, but it became, it must have been pioneering because, yeah, it won the Oscar for makeup. This is the same guy. He did a few, I think he did Coming to America makeup and he's, he's done heaps of shit. But they... um. You saw a lot of fat suits post this, like we just said, Big Mama's House, uh, Monica and Friends and that kind of shit. But a lot of what we see in this movie is physical, practical effects. There are some things that look outdated, right, though? Yeah. Some weird, weird outdatedness. And when I was watching uh, how they do this shit, like, you know, when he turns around in the car and he's got the big lips? Mm-hmm. That was physical. Was it? But you know why it looks weird? So this was before they had sophisticated CGI. And so they would do morph, morphing. And so the computer would fill in the gaps between his lip that big and his normal lip. And so it just kind of morphed rather than naturally moved. Mm. And the same thing goes when his foot blows out or like all those things were like morphs from one physical thing to another physical thing. But the thing in between just looked weird. And then I think they would digitally maybe make it jiggle a bit more, but mm. otherwise it was there. Like the, I'll put it on Instagram, but there's actual that lip Something. was clipped in like a denture, and it was a chin that attached to his yeah. chin. Yeah, it's crazy. I think that's probably the only part that outdates in terms of special effects, but still for the time, that's pretty. It wasn't cool. too bad. Yeah, yeah. and 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 try and do too much. And that was just the transformation stuff. But when he was bigger, like that, just you can tell. Especially because you know it's Eddie Murphy, but it's pretty good. It's twenty years old, twenty something years old. Pretty good, pretty good. I liked it. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Spandex. Yeah, seventy out, seventy days of three hours of makeup per day. Oh, you know what I realized watching it? The whole Richard Simmons thing. I don't think I realized that was him the first time I watched this movie. Yeah, that was pretty crazy makeup, man. Yeah. 
no idea that was Eddie Murphy. Uh, this time I did as a yeah. grown ass man, realizing how things work. But I don't think as a kid I realized that was yeah. Who would have thought that this film would go on to inform and influence one of the most iconic political slogans of the 21st century? Yes, I can. <laughs> yes, I can. Okay. Yes, we can. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. One interesting thing I noticed about this, Greg, the origin of Buddy Love was very similar to a supervillain origin story in movies. Like specifically, I mean, most of them essentially, but specifically Green Goblin in Spider-Man, it's like I'm a scientist. I'm somewhat of a scientist too. <laughs> You know, I'm something of a scientist myself. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good for you, Greg. You're not a superhero guy. That's pretty good. It's a meme. Is it? Back to this one. Sorry, were we talking? Did you have something? I was going to say something. I was going to talk a little bit about where where this all was for Murphy. Yeah, where are we out? So I could be wrong. This is just my take. Yeah. He kind of took his foot off the gas a bit after coming to America, it seems like. Yeah. That was 89, I think. And then he went straight into Harlem Nights, which I don't think... That was him trying to do something. He had Richard Pryor in that too, right, in Red Fox. I think with that, he's attempting to do what we say we want him to do. Yeah. But it ain't the right one. Yeah, maybe. But this is 96 though, man. Yeah, so that was... When was Harlem Nights? So Coming to America, 89, Harlem Nights, 90. Yeah. Boomerang, like 93. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so that's a fair. That's a fair layover, man. Like if you're running red hot out of Beverly Hills Cop two into Coming to America, and you do a bit of a not great. You probably one. made an album or something. Probably yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then Boomerang, and then the next thing was coming Nutty Professor. So he he made from Coming to America ninety nine. He made Harlem Nights, Boomerang, and that's it. Before. But see, that makes sense to me because that is. It's a seven-year gap. I guess it depends how you look at it and how you cut it up. But to me, that makes sense to me because I look at Golden Era Murphy, Beverly Hills Cop, Coming to America, Trading Places, Golden Child, or Trading Places earlier, Golden Child, and Boomerang to a lesser degree, but still Boomerang. That's the box set DVD, you know, like that's that that's the Eddie Murphy staple collection. What was the what was the distinguished gentleman? I can't even place that right now. Ah, see, ah, I thought I, I came across this one today. That's the one where he was trying to be a politician or something. Yeah. I vaguely remember it. Vaguely sounds like a bad second version of Trading Places. We've talked about him making some poor decisions. Here's Eddie talking about that very thing. There's been a big success this film for you in America, and perhaps the last two or three films haven't been such a big success, although you've, you, know, you haven't exactly been on the breadline. But do you know when you're making a film, well, this is going to be a success, I know this is going to be a success, or do you sometimes get a feeling, well, I don't think, perhaps I shouldn't have agreed to this one. And, uh, um, you don't something. know when it's going to be a success, but you know when a movie sucks halfway through it. Yeah. You'd be on a yeah. set, you know, and, and you can see it on a per- in a person's eyes, and usually when a, nobody sets out to make a movie that sucks. I'll give yeah. you a perfect example. I don't like Beverly Hills Cop 3, okay? Yeah. And the reason I don't like it is because the movie wasn't ready. It's not like I don't like Axel Foley and I didn't want to do another cop movie. It was the movie wasn't ready to do. Yeah. But the studio was on a schedule. So yeah. they come and say, 
We made $600 million with these other Beverly Hills Cop movies. Let's get another one. Yeah. Or we'll get Eddie. And say, Eddie, we want you to do Beverly Hills Cop 3. And I say, I don't really know. And they say, well, here's a script. And you go, oh, the script isn't even ready. And they write this check. And you go, ah, oh, I'm not for checks. And then they, then they give you another check. You go, hey, stop giving me these checks. And eventually they write a check so big. Yeah. But you're looking at it and it's yeah. like, okay, well, when do you yeah. want to start this yeah. movie? And then you do the movie, and then halfway, then you start off when the script's not right, and, you, and, and it's like you're sending a, a ship out of port with a hole in it, and you're trying to fix the script while you're going. Well, there's a film of yours at two or three years, which I rather like, Distinguished Gentleman, where you play, a, you know, you're a con artist in that, who drifts into the world of uh, Washington and uh, becomes a politician. It's quite a political film, really, mm. which I thought was a rather good film, but it didn't seem to do as well as... Beverly Hills Cop or uh, Nutty Yeah, because it appeals to a different audience. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's like, uh, like, like you went to go see that that picture and you enjoyed it, but 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 you might go see a picture like uh, Beverly Hills Cop Two and think, yeah, this is this is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> this is talk of shit that I'm watching. It's not stimulating intellectually anything. This movie is like rounds that out, and maybe at a slight decline, but rounds oh, I, it out, but. Timing wise, timing wise with everything you just said, yes. But I think macro, oh yeah. Like since then, this was. If you look from 1981 or whatever it was to now, it's on the B sides of his greatest hits. This is like the the last one of the good ones. You know what I mean? Because after this, there's not really anything. There's well, Shrek is kind of a different one. He's good in it, but it's. It's not an Eddie Murphy vehicle. Yeah. Like you wouldn't go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Have you seen that new Eddie Murphy movie? No. You say you've seen Shrek. Yeah. He's the donkey. Yeah. He's the donkey. Um, he's great. I mean, Bowfinger, he's, he's pretty awesome in Bowfinger. Yeah, but again, he's not the main guy. But yeah, I agree. He's fucking great in and it. And then you're right. Like, I'm just going to throw a few out there Pluto Nash, I Spy. And this one, it was all downhill. Daddy, I watched I Spy, but. Daddy yeah. Daycare. Yeah. A Haunted Mansion. Holy Man. Dr. Doolittle Dr. Doolittle. Was a game. I think it was also the shift of family movies too that maybe was part of it. Yeah, I think so. He's got ten kids, so yeah, he's he's got quite a family. He has quite an (laughs) excuse to make a fucking kid movie. He's got ten of them. So coming to America is having a sequel. Oh yeah, because uh, who's in it? Someone's in it. Ah, Eddie Murphy. Uh, Someone else is in it. Arsenio Hall. Arsenio Hall. Wesley Snipes. James Earl Jones. Wesley Snipes. Maybe I was thinking of Tracy Morgan. John Amos. John Amos is the dad of McDowell. Uh, McDowell's. Ah. Shari Headley was Lisa. I'm going to ask Lisa to marry me. <laughs> oh, that's cool. She's back. That's exciting. That is good. Should we touch on the old Jekyll and Hyde thing a little bit? Yes. I think this is uh, one level of depth we can apply to this fine piece of art that is The Nutty Professor. Mm-hmm. So Jekyll and Hyde you could see as a classic Sigmund Freudian psychoanalytic thing of the id, the ego, superego thing. But Jekyll and Hyde was written before Sigmund Freud had done that. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? So I... I'm not very good at explaining this because I don't totally understand it myself, but as far as I can tell, the id, superego, and ego, this is how they break down, but they say, or Sigmund Freud says everyone has these three elements to their kind of psyche or personality or self or whatever you want to call it. The id is dealing with basic needs. I'm hungry. Let me eat that. Uh, That kind of shit. 
super ego is like the moral conscience you build over time that's like well you shouldn't it's not polite to yell you know wait for the waiter to come over or whatever and the ego is the layer of realism that navigates between those two things and Jekyll and Hyde it's like it and super ego and this is like it and super ego there's lots of these Pop cultural versions of uh, the old Jekyll and Hyde, ego, yeah. super, uh, Eden Super Ego thing, which is kind of weird how many there are. When I started thinking about it, there is um, I like the mask. Eddie, uh, no, Eddie Murphy, fuck. Jim Carrey, the mask is basically that same construct. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And they're also a classic from, from our childhood. The old Steve Urkel and Stefan. Oh, family matters. This elixir will improve my coordination, my posture, my vocal intonation, and I might even sprout a chest hair or two. Uh, Steve, is that stuff safe? Who knows? Steve. Hired a Steve Urkel, were you? Wanted someone better, did you? Someone cool. Well, through the teeth, over the gum, look out, stomach, here it comes. Steve, stop! Oh, cool jeans taste like Snapple. <laughs> Steve! <laughs> Steve? Steve? Steve who? Steve Urkel. You. No, 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 no. There is no Steve here. I'm Stefan, sweet thing. Stefan Urkels. Yeah, so you like how I was uh, saying, like, hey, let's talk about Sigmund Freud, and then I just play Urkel. <laughs> um, all right, should we get into the verdict? I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I am the I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for? Ah! Say what again? Again, I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that. Where'd you land? Where did I land? In case you could tell. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a rewatch, man, it's for rewatch. sure. I'd watch Eddie Murphy if I can do anything. Like, fuck. <laughs> it's pretty hard to not be a rewatch for me. I'm yeah. sure there's probably later ones where I'd maybe draw the line. But this is still good Murphy for me. It's still good Murphy. There's some flaws, but it's ultimately good, man. Yeah, it's a nice little movie. It's not as hectic as I remembered it. It's pretty yeah. balanced. The um, jokes were funny. Yeah, yeah. Jada Pinkett was great. Yeah, yeah. I just enjoyed it, man. Yeah. I know I keep drawing up the Adam Sandler comparison and maybe it's not fair, but this is similar era to like Billy Madison and shit. And we went back and watched Billy Madison and it's not very good. Well, look, I, you know, I like Adam Sandler, but he's not Eddie Murphy, man. Like Eddie, for, yeah. me, for me at least. Like but I think they're kind of bucketed in similar categories, just cult, broader cultural. Are they? 
Don't you think? Not in my head. Not in my head either. But I feel like maybe because they've both done some shit. Like I feel like people cringe at the idea of oh, it's another Eddie Murphy movie, in a similar way to Adam Sandler movies. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, but what I mean is going back and revisiting Billy Madison was somewhat disappointing. So far, out of the, of the two Murphy movies we watched, at least one of which, this one, <laughs> didn't do very well critically or audience-wise, was still a delight to watch. Yeah. So that's something. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty hard to have an MVP outside of Eddie Murphy, I would suggest. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, man. It's a good that's movie. That's it. Oh, should we do a Campaign 2000 update? Campaign 2000 update. So, friend of the show, Greg's wife, has done some detective work, has hasn't she, Greg? Yeah. Can update the fans on. Uh... She joined IMDb Platinum. <laughs> and a found, free trial. And a free trial. What did she uncover? That Van Dam's management is a company called Roland Management, which is the CEO is Van Dam. <laughs> So this is what went down. She, Carol did this amazing thing of joining, uh, I think I said LinkedIn, <laughs> IMDb Premium or whatever it is, and she's, we're group texting the Double Impact family. It's an important thread. One day, if you're lucky, maybe you'll get on it. The amazing thing was first she showed, she, so when you do that, you can see who his agent is and that's great, And but then we're like, well, Judging from watching Entourage, the manager's probably the more human one that might want to hear our yeah. story. Who's this manager? Carol did some detective work and she found, what was the name of the company? It's like Roland Management. Roland Management. Oh, who, who, who's that? It's <laughs> Click through. Click through to their, their, their sort of landing page on the IMDb portal. So Jean-Claude Van Damme is his own manager, I guess. You must have a manager, surely. I guess we're our own managers. Anyway, so it's a work in progress. It's a work you, in progress. You are Van Dam. I'm curious about the legalities. Like if we called up his agent and recorded it, could we put that on the show? If we had to ask permission. How his agent work? being himself. Well, he's, he's his own manager, but his agent was someone well, We're going to uh, get, get the girls to text his wife. Yeah. Someone. Yeah, Come so on. The, the update is there's some balls in the air, but – Nothing, nothing quite landing just yet. My if wife's you... panicking. She thinks I'm going to miss this deadline and that doesn't work <laughs> Don't make Greg disappoint his wife. Again. Again. Like he really needs a win. <laughs> old girls got the wheels at the door. I could really use a win with the old ball and chain. That's not exactly. true. We're good. Greg's winning every day with Love his you. wife and his lovely family. Love you. And that's Campaign 2000 Update. And then we've got some other movies coming up. Yeah, what do we got coming up? I actually don't Fuck, know. Fuck, I don't even know. I think we've got Bill and Ted coming soon. Fifth Element. Yeah. These are juicy. Yeah. Adam's Family, Bill and Ted. Ooh. Fifth Element, Death Warrant. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, I only That's watch- pretty tight. They're always tight. I want to go watch some movies. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Go watch some movies. <laughs> yeah. I haven't watched a movie for ages. Yeah, same. It's